Wine Monk Arizona Wine Podcast by Cody Vladimir Burkett. So, welcome back to the Let's Build a Computer edition to the Wine Monk of the Wine Monk. Gary has joined us this time. Hi. And we are drinking... uh, the 2016 limited production Erdos Malvasia. Uh, Lisa Street was the winemaker, and she gave this to me after the... What was the word that you used, Jacob? Uh, in what context? The, the word for the, the incident? Ah, the Besterfluck. The Besterfluck, yes. I think that's going to be my new name for it. Uh, so uh, Lisa gave us this bottle, and... Apparently, I was supposed to drink this with Gary down there that weekend, but I haven't gotten a chance to drink it yet because, as Gary has pointed out, uh, I may have too much wine. Last time I was here, at least all the wine was in wine fridges. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been to my apartment, since you've been hanging down in uh, uh, the Cox, the party town. Oh, yes. Todd and I had a conversation about that shirt last night. Excellent. <laughs> I'm sad I missed him. Yeah, we were, uh, I was with uh, Jen at Merkin. We're sitting over by the barn. We're looking over and it's like, is that Todd and Kelly? He is. Oh, it's their birthday. Let's go, let's go say hi and sing them happy birthday. And so it's like, happy birthday to you. Okay, we won't sing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So, while we're all here with the computer, one of the things I thought we should do is a friend of mine, uh, Wendy, who works at uh, Carlson, uh, gave me a set of Riedel glasses, a a four-pack varietal specific. And so I thought, since, as far as I'm aware, Mr. Riedel hasn't uh, experimented with a glass for Malvasia, that we would take these four glasses. and see which one we think is best for uh, Malvasia Bianca, my bay, or Malvasia Bay Bianca. Really? Or not? Really? Or not? <laughs> really? <laughs> you're, you're really gonna use that? Only once. <laughs> now that I've seen that, no one thought it was funny other than me. It was funny. It's just really that you you had to go for that low of, low of a joke. Well, yeah. That's fair. This is me. That's true. Puns are the lowest form of humor. Puns are also the highest form of humor at the same time. Absolutely. Like one of my personal favorites. Nah, I'm going to save that one for later. I like it the fancy-ass fishbowl glass. Yes. I think that's for Old World Pinot. I'll have to take a look at the shapes here in a minute. So, uh, what's the difference between old and new world Pinot? Is there a difference? There is differences kind of in styles of winemaking in terms of how long it's on the skins. Uh, Tawar, of course, is another big thing. Um, Also, just kind of modes of how French and Americans age their wine. Like, the French kind of just literally put it in a cave and let it sit forever and let all these things grow, like, on the bottles and stuff. In America, they just don't do that. They have the fetish for cleanliness, unlike... France. Yeah, that's true. France has a fetish for everything else. 
I bet they have a fetish fetish. Do they have a fetish for fetish of fetishes? Probably. <laughs> we're getting we're getting a little deep here, boys. <laughs> That's what she said. I opened myself up for that one. Yes, yes, you did. That's what she said. <laughs> so, since, um, if you remember the last time, um, which has not been posted yet, so it will be by the time this is posted. Ha ha ha. We got, uh, <laughs> we, we got the motherboard in and then realized, oh dear, this case is too small for the power supply and everything else. So, we ordered a new case. Um, it got delivered. The Arctic Silver that was supposed to be this thing to attach things, which I wasn't sure whether we needed or not, um, ended up not being delivered and shipped back to California, and now it's being shipped back here. Anyway, so... In case we ever do need it. In case we ever do need it. Which seems unlikely. So... This particular set of four Riedel glasses. Ah! That was close. So we have an Old World Pinot glass, a Cabernet Merlot glass, a Riesling Zinfandel glass, and an grass glass, and an Oaked Chardonnay glass. Gary has the Oaked Chardonnay glass. I have in my hand the Riesling slash Zinfandel glass. And uh, over there is the, I'm guessing that's the Cabernet? No, that's the Old World Pinot Glass, and where did I put the... No, that's the Old World Pinot Glass. I left that one over there. Okay. I'm, I swear I'm more organized than this. No, so, you're run it by me on why different wines need different glasses. I am they don't necessarily they need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gary's exactly right. They don't. I will never get sponsored by Mr. Rido. So, there's two different glasses. So, you're just salty. Um... But anyway, this guy, uh, Rydell, uh, he was a German or Austrian. He came up with these ideas for different glasses that are supposed to enhance different characteristics in the aromatics and flavors of different wines. Um, it, it does work. Kind of. There is a definite difference in my Certainly is. experience. Um, but is it necessary? Not no. really. Um, but it's fun to play around with stuff like this. Because science! Yay, science. It's one of those things that exists to make physics go, or physicists go, Ha! You needed me all along. <laughs> and the truth is, we didn't. We didn't need the physicists. Much more pronounced nose on the Oak to Chardonnay glass versus the whatever the hell other glass I've got. I think that must be the uh, old world Pinot glass. Yeah, that's Old World Pino. That's Riesling's in. Oh, wow. The, the Riesling's in glass has this really tight nose. I have in my hand uh, the Oak Chardonnay, and it really is so much more open and vibrant. Uh, those floral notes are really coming out. May I hold the uh, Old World Pino? Yeah, it's. I'm wondering how the uh, cab Merlot glass is. Must be double fist here. Two wielding wands. Yes. 
Chardonnay glass certainly has the most pronounced nose of all of them. The Zin is and Riesling glass is super tight and focused and not letting a lot happen. The old world Pinot glass is like the worst of all worlds. Yeah. And the cab glass is somewhere in between. Hmm. May I? I wasn't sure what you were going for there at first. Uh, that's the reaction that most people have when they meet me. Oh, hello, giant beetle. That's a stink bug. Oh, wonderful. We should probably get him out of my apartment at some point. Yeah. As long as we don't bother him, he'll be fine. So, while you're at a breaking point, did you want to try smelling the glasses yourself, Jacob? Sure. So this is the Old World Pinot, which is the worst. All I'm smelling is alcohol. I, am, I do not have a trained nose. Okay, that smells a little more like wine. <laughs> and then here's the other two. And these two are just really somewhere in between those two. Milder. Stronger. <laughs> now it would be fun is if I have had like an oak Chardonnay or an old world Pinot or something to put that in all these glasses and see if actually that did work for like, oh, so that actually does work. Are you kidding? That I said You've that? got how many bottles of wine in here and you don't have an oak Chardonnay or an old world Pinot? I know, it's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> Slacker. Well, I'm sorry, dude. I just don't have uh, the new Salvatore Chardonnay yet or uh, the money for a burgundy. <laughs> hey, nobody got money for that. I mean, I guess I could get a shitty burgundy. Which, you know, technically would be an old world Pinot. I guess it doesn't have to be a good one to, to do that test. So anyway, they smell different, but do they taste different? Let's find out. Baseline. Yeah, I guess I should do that as the baseline too for me as well. I have no idea where my hat's disappeared to. I don't think I saw you in a hat. Had it on. Oh, it's under my bag. <sighs> Computers function substantially better without Mohawk in them. The acidity is much more pronounced, I think, in the uh, Cab Zin glass, on the uh, Cab Merlot glass, than the Zin glass. I'm still, as always, a hopeless peasant when it comes to wines. As far as I can tell, I don't actually have the taste buds for uh, red wines yet. Either that or I don't flat out. It's, it takes practice sometimes. I mean, you know, I kind of was a savant to it from when I was 15, but I was also weird. Well, well let's face it, I still am weird. I started drinking white wines and rosés when I was around 19, and it took me until about 23 to get into reds. It was one of those things where one day it just clicked. It's like, I really want a red wine right now. And I haven't looked back. I'm very clearly more of a uh, beer person. But I'm not, like, a, a terrible beer person. I'm not like, oh, cool, give me a Bud Light, you know. Um, it kind of sucks being a beer hipster because all the beers I like are expensive. Don't Do you need I know it. 
you should go and visit the state bar at some point, actually. Um, with as much as I mention them, I, I feel like I should be sponsored by them at this point. Uh, but it is kind of where I go to drink uh, in the Verde Valley. It's where all the cool kids go to drink in the Verde Valley now. This is true. Where would that be exactly? Uh, it's right next to Bocce. Oh. Uh, but it's all Arizona oh, beers. Bootleggers. Say again? Uh, it used to be called Bootleggers. No. Nope. It's still called Bootleggers? Different place. Different place. Okay, I must be getting mixed up. Because Bootleggers is, is it still a thing? Is that bootleggers thing? is still a thing. Yep. Uh, the state bar is, uh, for lack of a better term, better. Yeah. Much better. It doesn't have the, the food options that Bootleggers does. But what it lacks for food, it has in beer and wine and mead. And the Saffron Jack pizza is pretty good. And the Saffron Jack pizza. And alcoholic kombucha. And now sake. I bought a bottle of it yesterday. You bought a bottle of sake? Yes. I'm. You'll, ha uh, you'll have to let me know how it is. I'm hoping it's good with the price I paid for it, but uh, I'm excited. I enjoy sake quite a lot. I don't drink nearly as much of it as I should, though. When it comes to beers, I actually, um, I do have a few cheap beer favorites. Um, always been a big fan of Corona. Uh, kind of hard to go wrong with it, in my opinion. Yeah, Corona for a cheap beer is not to be trifled with. It works. No. Add, lime, add lime and it's really all the yeah. beer you ever yeah. need. On a hot day with a lime, you really can't get any better for a day drinker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the craft beers, I, I, I actually really like the stuff from Oak Creek Brewing Company. Um... I'm a big fan of their uh, Nut Brown Ale. The Nut Brown, I think, is their best beer. I disagree with that, but it's probably a matter of personal preference. I tend to go with the Snake Charmer when I'm there. That's I, I their lean, IPA, isn't it? Yep. I do lean darker beers, but I, I do like IPAs. Yeah. Um, Snake Charmer's good. The Nut Brown on steroids is good. Um, and the Nut Brown on steroids. The, pro um, the first time I tried IPA, it actually took some getting used to because it tastes like dial soap. Um, first time I had one, I thought it tasted like grapefruit juice, and I was just broke. You're like, I, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. The first one I ever had, I was like, this tastes like a pine cone that's been. First one I ever had was uh, still was Stone IPA. So I, it wasn't the best introduction, but I kind of grew From to like I it. I understand that's not the worst introduction either to IPAs. I just don't have an IPA palate. Now, that being said, it may well be one day, ten years down the road, or five years down the road, or five months down the road, I'll see something like, I want an IPA. And it'll just happen. And it'll just happen. You know, in the yeah. same way that for, you know, everyone else did with red wines, it, it'll be with me with IPAs, but who knows. Very possible. So back to this wine. I dig it. I like the wine a lot. It's very good, very solid, well made. I'm not just saying that because I'm friends with the person who made it. Um, it's it's quite nice. I really enjoy it. Um, as far as the differences between the glasses, I'm going to go with it's all bullshit. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Uh, in terms of taste or...? In terms of uh, the taste of the wine in each different vessel, I mean, you're talking about the acidities being subtly different in this one versus that one, and I just don't see it. You're not hearing it. But that was the only one when the let me refer, uh, try to say this coherently. 
That was the only real difference I noticed between any of them was just an acidity difference. Otherwise, the taste was identical. I'm assuming that's just variation. Probably. Or do I sound like a total idiot right now? No, that's actually exactly a very, very good hypothesis as to what's going on here. These different shaped glasses are allowing the wine different amounts of air contact in surface area. And then the curve of the bowl of the glass is either allowing it to just escape freely or concentrating it down into a very small area. Which would work really well for aromatic whites like Malvasia. Right. Which is why I think that we're getting that biggest nose in that oak Chardonnay glass. Yeah, it's got a ton of surface area. You can really swirl it around and get even more surface area as it drips down the side of the glass. And then there's a slight curvature to the bowl, but not too much so that it focuses everything into one spot and it just gets overwhelming and still able to be appreciated and yeah. Yeah, unlike the you know, and the the Pinot glass has that big bigger bowl and a smaller opening and less surface area exposed. So it's kind of like the worst of all three options, really. Yeah. Now that being said, I would like to at some point try an actual Pinot in that glass. Uh, I just don't have one, shockingly. If I were going to pick one of these to be an everyday glass for every wine, I'm yeah. going with the cab, the Bordeaux glass. Yeah, and I mean, there's a reason why your kind of standard ISO wine glass is that shape, and why, if you look at my wall here and look at all the wine glasses from all the different wineries, they're almost all that shape, with a few exceptions, like Caligan's glasses. More like the uh, Pinot glass, actually. I do also have to bring up the construction of these glasses is exceptional. These are well-made, high-quality pieces of glassware. And they didn't brown with the lip at the top of the bowl. It's just cut, and that will do more for the experience of the wine than anything. Yeah, I agree with you on that 100%. Hey, it's upright. It is upright, and I'm working on getting a power supply set in. I'm pretty sure that's upside down. There we go. Weirdly enough, it's actually supposed to have its fan on the bottom for better cooling, because it sucks in air from underneath. That makes sense. All right. Screws. Screws? Screws. 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 Yeah, I mean, I honestly, my my hypothesis, which has been proven entirely incorrect, was that the Riesling slash Zen glass would be the best for Malvasia. Because um, sometimes in the tasting room, when people say, I like a Riesling, uh, the closest thing I've got in terms of anything remotely like a Riesling would be our Malvasia. It's, you know, Rieslings can be somewhat aromatic. Um, that's a different sort of aromatics, by and large, than Malvasia. You know, sort of earth and petrol and flint versus, uh, holy shit, spring flower meadow, um, <laughs> with Malvasia. Uh, yeah, it's, I, in some of my more poetic moments, as you've heard, I've, or if you've been like biting into it, like, I think you referred to one wine, can't remember what it was, as, Biting into a log of oak that's covered in movie theater butter. Oh, that would be uh, shitty uh, Napa Shard. Ah. 
That sounds about right. <laughs> but uh, you know how you know Arizona Mulvacia, and we remember you remember when we did the kind of worldwide Mulvacia tour oh, briefly. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. The Arizona ones had so much more intense floral notes than. Uh, why do I keep wanting to say British? Because that is very wrong. Italian. I mean, the say British have wines. They do. <laughs> they do. I, I mean, it's not surprising. I, I figured as much, but I figured I'd crack a joke. Uh, there there is actually a British sparkling wine at um, Lloyd's Liquors in Prescott right now. I thought about acquiring it at some point, but uh, I know it's a, a Pinot base, and Pinot, I just it's not your thing. Yeah. Even in sparkling wines, it's not my favorite, usually. They've always got Buckfast. Eh. But, uh... Because I've heard that they're doing sparkling wines in England with Saval Blanc and Pacas, and that's what I'd really like to try. Because uh, that would be fun and interesting and different from a sparkling Pinot, which, you know, so many places do, in my opinion. And even Arizona has done one now. Uh, Del Rio Springs has a uh, Frizzante Pinot Noir Blush. Gotcha. Uh, that actually is not nearly as sweet as you would fear. Good. Uh, I drank it with uh, Steve Elston from the college one day. Uh, we were both actually really digging it. Nice. Uh, and we were both honestly terrified it would be super duper sweet. But yeah, Rick does a good job. Although his wines were actually originally made in, and uh, here it is, come to think of it. Yep. I'm in full circle. Uh, thank you, Lisa, by the way. I, I, I am assuming that you're listening um, for providing this. Well, on the plus side, now you have an excuse to drink more often, as if you needed one. It's your job. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> I've got to remember, we are professional high-functioning alcoholics. You are professional <laughs> day drinkers. <laughs> professional day drinkers, professional high-functioning... We need to toast that. Professional uh, high drinking. My, my ginger beer's over there, so I can't toast. High functioning. That works. Yeah. I can't bring. Oh, what else is new? Great. Hey, at least you never left your pants in the fridge. No, but I have left books in the fridge. Almost done that. I, I have actually. I'm pretty sure I've actually topped everyone in this room in terms of sheer laziness, in that I waited half an hour for a digital version of a book to download because the actual physical copy was in the other room. <laughs> yep. I can't say I've done anything more lazy than that. I was in my chair, man. I didn't want to get up. I was like, I want to read, but the actual book I have is in the other room. Fuck it. I'll wait half an hour. So what notes are you getting since you've got the, the best glass on the nose? So, a lot of the standard white flowers, yellow flowers, field of daisies, crazy daisies type thing. Uh, but then underneath that, I'm getting a little bit of, like, fresh cut grass. You know, I got that on the palate, but not on the nose. Uh, but, and uh, there's some fruit, like, like white peaches and pears, but I mean... Now, was I crazy in getting a sort of a toasty smell? Like toast, like the kind of scent that you get aging Sir Lee? Because I thought I caught that in one of these glasses. 
Oh, yeah, the, the Pinot Glass. And I don't know, that did she age this certainly or not? I haven't got a clue. You should text her. I should. And maybe she can uh, join us by proxy. Or I guess I could... PCI slots. I think you've only got the one. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, I no, I one? mean uh, these covers. Oh. These are for things like graphics cards, networks cards, sound cards. Um, I wasn't sure how to get rid of them, but it turns out you actually just wiggle on them until they come loose. Oh. That's what she said. Knockouts. Then there's these in case you ever decide you want to do a water cooling system, which I actually don't recommend. Water cooling isn't as uh, efficient. Now, I think you mentioned that last time, but I don't remember why or if you went into that further. Uh, I'm air curious. Cooling, air cooling has much better has much better ventilation flow. Uh, with a water cooling system, what you get is less noise. Okay. Um, fans, the bigger you get, the better your airflow is going to be, but it's going to sound like a jet engine taking off. Um, water cooling is always going to be whisper quiet, but depending on the system, you might get on par with an air cooling system at the same price, or you might get less than an air cooling system at the same price. And water cooling is a potential disaster, because if you get a cheap one, the lines can rupture, and all hell breaks loose. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, that happened to one of my friends. His water cooling system fried his PC. Um, so, air cooling is safer on top of being um, generally more efficient. You just Noise complaints the only thing we're getting. Vibration. Um, if you use a direct headphone, if you use headphones directly, it does um, it does kind of mess with the sound a little bit because of the vibrations. Not a huge deal. Just turn it, turn your volume up louder. Um, I'm not so concerned about noise, and I also got uh, um, words speakers speakers. Yeah, I was uh, on my way back from church. Uh, or rather, on my way back from after church, getting Gary's uh, uh, Radicon uh, orange wine of Ribola Gala bottle, because he's like, how did you get that? Where did you get that? I want that. And the implication is, why aren't you sharing? <laughs> yes. <And laughs> because then cause here's the thing. I didn't know that that was a bucket list bottle for you if you had told really? me. No, you never mentioned that to me. At least that I can remember. I could swear we talked about Radicon at one point, because Pavle had some down at F&B for a little while. We may have, but that may have been before I got this bottle. Yeah, it was and, likely um, certainly before you got it. And so what it's happened... probably been two years. Oh, before. yeah, then that was way after, and it probably skipped my mind. Right, so, so anyway... I'm not faulting you, but I was very curious as to where the fuck you got your hands on a bottle of Radicon <laughs> in Arizona. <laughs> so anyway... Um, was the answer that he didn't get it in Arizona at all? No, I got it in Arizona at Plaza Liquor Deli and Prescott's. And, uh, so anyway, I had gone up to visit my parents after getting a bunch of stuff uh, down in Phoenix and taking it up, and that was the bottle that I brought, and drank it by the bathtub and did my whole, you know, standard cool photo shoot with a bottle of wine. Um, and then Gary's like, where the fuck did you get that? That's a bucket list wine. I'm just like, oh, if I had known, I would have, well, I wouldn't have invited you in the tub, for God's sake, because that's just a wine... I, well, maybe for a Radicon, but... I if we were in our bathing suits, 
Maybe for Eraticon, but... <laughs> so, so, it's like, this is where I got it. Call Chelsea and see if there's any left. And I guess they, she had one left. And she pulled it aside for me. And so I went to pick it up, and then I was driving up, and I realized, I need speakers for the new computer, because this isn't a laptop that has them built in. Oh. So, Walmart, because that's the only thing this way... And so I got a set of speakers. And I could have just used a pair of headphones, and I have a decent pair of headphones somewhere in my apartment, but I don't know where they went, but... Or maybe they're in my car, buried. Anyway. So... One thing I do miss about living up here in the Birdie Valley, more so than many other things, is that when Cody would be at work, I would say, Hey, Cody, I'm going into your apartment and getting a bottle of wine come down to my place tonight, we're going to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I basically hold them hostage to get Cody to come down and have Because have I, I don't always come down from the mountain very often. And I should come down more often. And I notice that with you gone, I don't come down from the mountain much at all. and Or not nearly as much as I did historically. Which is very sad. Speaking of which, I tried to look for a crystal for your friend that wants to do the Chen Urso cosplay. Any luck? Uh, this was the best one I found the last time, but it's too small, I think. It would, it would work. Um, it would be small, but it would work. The only other one I did was this one, which I'm not giving away, and that was the one that I found the time before when I... Nice. This was the one that you were like, when you find another one like this... These are cool. Yeah. It's a great place to go drinking in the woods, too. I'm sure. Looks like you yanked it off of something else. That's how I found it. Nice. So I did fallen off an eon ago. Any word from uh, Lisa yet? Yeah, no, no word from Strittles. Aw. <laughs> you need to tell that story. She's probably going to kill me for calling her that in public. In, you know, in public, you know, the... the yeah, in front of both of your listeners. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I have one less listener now. <laughs> more reason to double up on, uh, on guests. <laughs> now we have a really nice guest-to-listener ratio. <laughs> Almost one to one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I actually. Uh, I think it is one to one. <laughs> for that, but there are actually. Uh, I've had people come in into the taste room and be like, oh, wait, you're the wine monk? Oh, yeah, I heard your podcast. And I'm just like, oh, you listen to me. <laughs> and then evidently you have folks who are just asking when I'm going to be back on the podcast. Yes! The answer is also, now. The answer is now. <laughs> Bitches! Uh, He's back. <laughs> this is the the other sad thing. Gary's back. Tell a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your friends. Hide your wines. Hide your cellars. <laughs> Gary's all up in here. Because we're drinking <laughs> everything around here. Ah. <laughs> uh, I think this will be like the fifth or sixth podcast I've done with Maldacia too. <laughs> Malvasia to podcast ratio. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Because there's uh, You've had more Malvasias on your podcast than you have listeners to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've almost had as many Malvasia podcasts as I've had girlfriends in the last two years! Oh! Zing! <laughs> I made Self myself zing. <laughs> Self zing. You burnt yourself there. Yeah, well. You walked I yourself didn't. into that one. <laughs> yes, but I wanted to make sure Gary didn't shove me in there first. Beat someone else uh, to the insult. Exactly. <laughs> this, this reminds me of a story um, from when Gary worked the tasting room with me, and we had that chandelier. I just that opened a box, found another box. Is there another box within the box? Let's find out. What's in the box? What's in the box? Lunch fairies, damn. <laughs> All right, there should be. There is another box within the box! What's in the box? It's in the box. What's in the box? The graphics card. <laughs> so anyway, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> Sudden box digression. It's like Boxing Day, except we're in America. Okay, that I guess was not funny. That was pretty funny. I, I'm just like I just went into focus mode. So anyway, story time. Uh, before we got into the box digression, uh, we have the chandelier in passion that continuously like goes out of commission. Uh, the bulbs burn out, and so I say to Gary, you know, man, this this thing burns through bulbs like. I was groping for a metaphor, and then Gary says. Like Cody goes through Sarah's. Yeah, because there is a string of time where I was dating like four Sarah's in a row. Just Sarah after Sarah. Yeah, and then it's just like. And they all end. And they all ended terribly. Uh, ah, well, that happens. And so it's just like, oh hey, you know what? We're 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 done with this name. This name is verboten to me now. Uh, no more Sarah's ever again. No mas. <laughs> and then, of course, because. No no Sarah for me. And then, of course, then we dated Kara, and then we've now established that nothing that rhymes with Sarah. And now nothing that ends in S. Maybe? I don't know. Uh, one event does not make a pattern. Yeah, this is not a pattern. That's uh, true. Was Sarah just, was a pattern. Sarah was Sarah a pattern. Sarah was a pattern. There were four of them. <laughs> yes. So... It's like, I am not to date any... Well, I've also had a, a single, like, this person has ruined a name for me forever type thing. Mm. Um, I now no longer trust anyone named Carol. Huh. There's a long story behind that one. But, point Carol is... The bus, out of town. <laughs> the bus it's, it's late. I have to get out my bus pass when I'm waiting for the bus in the rain. <laughs> Wrong song, but I'll take it. <laughs> Nightvale is Nightvale. You take it where you get it. Exactly. Now coming to a podcast near you. I I would love to talk to the Nightvale guys and be like, let's get around a bottle of wine and develop a wine list for Tourniquet. With all sorts of weird shit. Like, let's have, like, an alternate universe Bordeaux that's a blend of Gros Verdot and Petit Verdot. And call it Biggie Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or it's so bad people call it the notorious B.I.G. Yes. <laughs> or or let's have a uh, a Bordeaux blend that's uh, you know Malbec and Carmenere. <laughs> I don't even know what those are, and that sounds terrible. No, it's not. It wouldn't be terrible. I mean, it's just that they're both Bordeaux grapes, but neither of them are grown in Bordeaux now. So that's kind of the joke. Um, although I think it would be really fun to do a uh, blend of 50-50 Carmenera and Sangiovese. We call it Where in the World is Carmenera Sangiovese? <laughs> <laughs> Where in the world is Carmenera Sangiovese? I, I grew up on that, that show as a kid. Um, <laughs> that's right, Garmin is growing uh, um, both, actually, I think. Uh, when I was a kid, Neither I actually, I actually didn't have proper cable. I know, but, you know, the future. Sorry, you were saying? When I was a kid, I didn't actually have proper cable. Um, we got the local channel that ran all of, like, the cartoon reruns. So I grew up on stuff that was, like, ten years out of date. Yep. Yep. I grew up on stuff like DuckTales. Uh, DuckTales, yes. Darkwing Duck was my favorite. I grew up on... Uh, Darkwing, okay, Darkwing Duck is still the shit, yes. okay? Like, 1950s Looney Tunes. Those, I'm pretty sure that's, like, a public access staple. Yeah, they have to be at this point. Realizing now, they're almost, at, they're almost in they're almost yeah. in public domain. As I'm becoming more well-read, as I get older, I'm starting to realize, like, oh shit, that Bugs Bunny cartoon was of mice and men, and that was the Barbara Seville, and that was this, and that was that, and they're almost all huge literary themes. Yeah, it's just interesting that that you know. And this is something that not many people, I think, got. Mm. Or, or, you know, maybe they're getting it now, but... It just kind of flew over people's heads. Or, you know, it's quite possible the writers for these particular cartoons knew exactly what they were doing. I mean, oh, I'm almost certain certainly they did. They absolutely knew what they were doing, but they did it so well that folks like me didn't realize we were getting an education. I actually have a funny story about the Mice and Men. Um... When I was in high school, um, junior year, we ended up having to read Of Mice and Men for class because why wouldn't we? It was high school. Um, and when I went to go get my copy from the school bookstore, I actually noticed something sticking out of it. But when we actually got to the class when I opened it, then I found out that someone had used a $50 bill as a bookmark. Damn! And I just went, whoever used this clearly didn't need it. <laughs> it's mine now. <laughs> yeah. That's freaking awesome. That's better than finding 20 bucks in a jacket pocket. I've uh, or, I actually found 5 bucks in the dryer the other week. Or 15 bucks in your sporin. I, I feel like I have that, uh, I feel like or I have that, that perk in Fallout mm. that lets you find more bottle caps and containers. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, find money in random places. Probably shouldn't be treating this gingerly. It's random. It's probably the most fault-tolerant part of this thing. Um... Alright, so, video card and RAM are in. Now are you going to put that cover back on top of the graphics card? Or is there something else that's going to go on top of that? This? Like the, the see that out. there's the knockout part. Oh, I actually can't put that back on. You, um, you can't? have to tape it over, oh. is my best guess. Um, if you've got masking tape, that's probably the best thing I to do. Because then you, then you just write, do not remove! I do not, unfortunately. Uh, any kind of tape is probably fine, but this... I'd probably steal some tape from work. Well, borrow. Because you're still going to give it back. 
Well, yeah, I would actually, because I mean I have packing tape somewhere in the desk, but that's not what we need. Uh, all right, next is hard drives. Hard drive singular. There's only the one. Yeah. At some point, I might put a, a second one in, but there's actually a uh, bays in here for external hard drives. Yes. You'll have to ask me to come and pick them up, but I might be able to hook them up now. Um, wherever I put the actual manual case. Yeah. No, I, I grew up on tucktails and, and tailspin. The only thing I miss about having a PC is the like, do-it-yourself expandability. Probably nothing important. Just yanking out hard drives, putting in new hard drives, replacing components as they go bad. And I do all that with my Mac because I'm not about to take it into the store and pay through the nose to have someone else do what yeah, I can do that, in an afternoon. The good news is, um, or the, actually, I was going to say the good news is you're not using an iPhone, but you have an iPhone, don't you? I do. Because the most recent iOS update bricks it if you take it into a shop that's not Apple approved. Well, we're going to find out if that happens when I replace the battery on this phone here in about a year. Because <laughs> I keep my iPhones longer than the model cycles. So I, I actually still have an iPhone 4S. I buy a new battery for them about once every 18 months. And they that tend happens. to last three to four years instead of the one and a half to two. Yeah. That's good then. I just ride my phones into the dirt and don't worry about replacing them. Or don't worry about uh, keeping them in top tip-top shape because I spend very little on them. That's more or less what I did. Um, my last phone before this one I had a horrible crack screen and I was still using it up until uh, we switched to Verizon because unfortunately there's uh, it's the very valley Verizon's the only thing. And even in and in Wilcox for that matter too, especially in Wilcox. Especially Wilcox. I mean, that was kind of the reason why I did it, and I finally managed to convince my parents to do it, um, and thus bring us all in together because they were moving to Williams, and Verizon is the only show up there too. So it's just like we need to switch because this is not going. What are you looking for? Manual uh, to the case. I have no idea is where it to put it. Cardboard box for the case, which would be right here behind me. Oh, it was right. It was here. I was using it to. Uh, install stuff to figure out where to install stuff, but I have no idea where I placed it. You didn't install stuff on top of said manual, did you? No, because the manual was sitting, is it under? No, I thought it was under for a second. It's not behind the motherboard. Is this it? That is... Or is that the old case? That's the old case. Um, the new manual is substantially larger. Maybe it fell... No. Is this it? No. So this is Cody's apartment. You'll find it in three weeks. Maybe. Okay, nope, that's all stuff for the video card. Is this is that it underneath the uh, setup guide? There it is. Good yes. Or in three minutes. Because everything is in this apartment is tiny. Yes, but even so, it does tend to, like, collect things in nooks and crannies. I haven't seen my lizard friend in a while. I had a lizard that was living in here for a bit. <laughs> that stink bug has disappeared. Huh? That stink bug has disappeared. <laughs> That's not very reassuring. 
probably what's going to happen is I'm going to, in the middle of the night, I'll land on my face, and I'll be like, what is this? And then the scent will just fill my CPAP, and it'll be horrific. <laughs> they don't stink until you try to kill them. And I'm told they're delicacies, so if you are really that concerned about it, just chop it. I have, actually, I have actually had the pleasure of having fried tarantula. How was it? Weird. <laughs> it was I like, okay, imagine the texture of soft-shelled crab. Okay. But the taste of, like, uh, like beef. Huh. Weird. I don't know if I could do that. I like tarantulas too much. Um, so I actually asked what the hell happened, like, what the hell he did, and you chop off the abdomen first thing. Or actually, you freeze them to kill them humanely. Mm -hmm. Chop off the abdomen because you don't want to eat a big sack of bug shit. Um, sear off the, uh, their hairs with a blowtorch and dip them in tempura batter and fry them. Huh. So not entirely unlike saucer of crab. Exactly. And they're pretty good. Yep. Now I just want soft shell crab. <laughs> now you don't want tarantula, you want soft shell crab. Where on earth would we even get that in Arizona? I have no, I don't even remember where I got it. Uh, sushi restaurants. Probably. Yeah. That would be my best guess. It's I, called a spider It was a few roll. years ago. Oh, okay. Funny enough. It was a few years ago. But I still have to make, uh, still have to make uh, prickly pear fries and have me pair them with a wine. I'm thinking Viognier with prickly pear fries. That would be my my gut instinct, anyway. Uh, for food pairing with this, um, oysters. On yeah. the half shell with a little bit of uh, the, the bread sauce that's got a lot of horseradish in it, or cocktail sauce. Yeah, I could see that. Hey, Strudel's got back to me. Just briefly on the leaves. Okay. It's nice to know I'm not going entirely crazy, or more crazy, I guess. Did you tell her that we were recording podcast with it? Yes. Any response? No. Okay. <laughs> I sent her the same question, so she'll probably text me back or be like, ask Gary, asshole. Right. <laughs> With a heart, probably. Because mm -hmm. this is Lisa. She's awesome. She's great. I only met her the one night. I'm surprised I can remember as much as I can. I'm surprised you can, too. My, my last memory of that night, <laughs> after we left Eridus, was... Was waking up in the back with Robert Carlson looming over me, going, "I'm going now. I'll see you later. Have a good night. Hope things get better soon." And I'm just like, "Thank you. <laughs> Be safe. I go sleep now." <laughs> and then tell me about the, tell me about the rabbits. <laughs> and then waking up the next morning. <laughs> yeah. I think I actually just I think you just left me in the car to sleep. Oh you, yeah, that's right. Because oh I'm sleeping in the truck. Anyway. Yeah, you were sleeping in the car anyway. I ever tell you guys about the time I fell, or I got, I, I, I think I might have told you, but you have definitely not heard this story. The time, the reason I'm banned from the Camp Verde Denny's. Have I told you? I, yes, you did. But it's been a long time since so I've heard this story. It was my 18th birthday. Um, I'll say no more. <laughs> and uh, at the time. My resident dealer of cannabis was my friend Devin. I actually haven't talked with him in a very long time. 
Um, scissors. Um, um, you mean corkscrew? Yeah, that'll work. Um, or or knife. Gary's knife, whichever works. Um, so the long and short of it is, um, he gives me about eighty dollars worth of medicinal grade cannabis, and whenever I try to, um, whenever I try to go ahead and pass bong back to him, he instead passes it back to me, and after a while, I stop noticing. <laughs> I have entirely stopped noticing that I am the only one smoking all of this. <laughs> so, the natural response is that I get really, really high. <laughs> and I, I start talking to Devin. You know, buddy, buddy, listen, we gotta go to Denny's. We gotta. I try to stand up from the beanbag chair in his room, and I can't feel my lights. <laughs> <laughs> so, what ends up happening is, he ends up wounded warrior lugging my ass to the car, <laughs> where I fall asleep in his backseat. Uh, he takes me to Denny's, as promised, because what kind of friend would he be if he didn't? Um, and I, he orders two omelets because he knows I'm going to steal one. Um, orders three milkshakes because he knows I'm probably going to down at least one, maybe two. So he figures he'll err on the side of caution. I order the all-you-can-eat pancakes. I eat both of his omelets drink all three of his milkshakes, and uh, the pancakes, they uh, they stop me at 28. Because <laughs> they run out of batter. <laughs> they tell me I'm not allowed back in. <laughs> I stoned ass. Sleepy as hell after eating four hours worth of restaurant fucking breakfast junk food. Falls asleep in the back of his car again. I wake up, it feels like it's been maybe two hours, it's been like nine. <laughs> it is bright early in the morning. I'm still in the back of his car. My wallet is empty, my keys are missing, and I look forward and I think I see my keys in, in the like hanging from his keychain. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? Devin is nowhere in sight, mind you. I'm in a Five Guys. I'm in the parking lot of a Five Guys. There's no Five Guys in Cottonwood. No, there's not. No. I am in Flagstaff. So... story short, <laughs> what happens is, um, Devin ends up telling me the whole story, and the whole story is that I am so baked, I leave all of my money at the table, I leave an $80 tip on a $35 ticket, <laughs> um, uh, I'm clearly not not supposed to be doing that again. Uh, he tells me I'm banned from the Camp Verde Denny's. To this day, I'm not sure whether he was telling the truth or if he just never wanted me to go back because of that again. <laughs> but that's the story of how I'm probably banned from the Camp Verde Denny's. That's fantastic. Absolutely. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's podcast-worthy. Yes. Just the story of how your, your pseudo-professional IT... Um, guru got banned from Denny's for being too stoned. <laughs> Needless to say, I know my limits now. Yeah. Such is the nature. But 
are getting somewhere. So no more Mulvis here for you, Gary? At the moment. Do you want to try something else? Perhaps. What are you thirsty for? So for your listeners at home, I am looking at 13 cases of wine and at least three, six, four... Six cases of wine. There are six behind you and there's one under there as well. Oh, yeah. So, 13 cases of wine plus wine fridges. Like, fuck if I know what I'm thirsty for. There's <laughs> gotta be something. <laughs> He's just looking around here dumbfounded like, there's so much fucking wine! Like, I don't know if for myself I made as much wine as you have in this room. We need to do a podcast with yours at some point, too. Yes, we do. Let's uh, get it labeled first. Yes. Oh! Shit! Shit. I forgot I had a Chocolina Rosé. Nice. Hey, Chocolina. <laughs> you um, still have that Trident Orange Shard as well? I do, actually. Let's go to that, because... Because Orange you Shard. Can, you can tell me, or tell the listeners and me... How much better it is than mine. Or worse. I don't like the way you said that. I don't know, because I haven't tasted it. In, okay. In Neon. I've got to figure out where the hell I put that bottle, too. Last I saw it, it was in this fridge. The worst thing one can do for their winemaking confidence is open a bottle of Sand Reckoner on press day. Oh, yeah. Then you taste your wine straight off the press, and it sucks because it's straight off the press. It needs time to recover from that. And then you taste Sam ah. Reckoner, and you just say, God damn it, I'm a failure. I quit. Ah. You're just like, I did this so wrong. <laughs> right? Like, I'm a hack. This is shit. Like, That's how I feel looking at uh, when I finally sit down and actually get enough motivation together to write. And then I, like, look at what I've done, and I'm like, ah, wow, I'm a hack. <laughs> yep. That's a pink shark. It's gotten a bit of sediment as it's chilled. And some of it actually went into Malo and he had to re-bottle it. Ooh. Uh, he learned how to make sure that it wouldn't happen again this year, though. Good. I would hope so. Hey, let's use that oak chardonnay glass. Since that is the good glass. Well, it's also a chardonnay. Technically. Well, not technically, it is. It is a Chardonnay. So this these grapes came from Great Gonerman's Vineyard. Uh, I'm so stoked to work with Grapes Fruit next year. Yeah, I I would love to work with his fruit someday, but... It took me three years. That's, That's undergone a secondary in bottle. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well then! It's like now, Bubbles! So, we have an accidental sparkling Chardonnay! I am super stoked about this. This is awesome! <laughs> oh my god. Dude! I accidentally the Chardonnay. <laughs> Alright, I'm interested. Count me in. This has way better color than mine has. So, secondary fermentation in bottles is how champagne is made. I can actually smell uh, that. Like, I can actually smell things in that. And, um, oh, it's super yeasty. Mm -hmm. Actually, the, the scent reminds me of uh, when I was at the wedding 
uh, where Tom Pitts was and where I got the or no, that we drank on my uh, birthday. Uh, good thing we drank that bottle, not the Orange Judith, by the way, because that Orange Judith was corked. Maybe, oh. maybe it's like a psychosomatic thing, but I think I'm actually smelling like citrus. No, that's, that's, it's got a citrusy thing. That's absolutely going on here. I'm getting citrus and a yeasty character that's like yeasty toast. Well, yeasty like, toast. Like Marmite? <laughs> no. Um, not, not like Marmite, that's too much. Uh, <laughs> toast is kind of a term for some yeast sense in a wine. Um, so I'm combining words in my head. But not avocado toast. Uh, no. Yeah. Ain't nobody can fucking afford that. Oh, that's fun! This has got some RS to it. I was not expecting Ooh. that. I think I actually found a line I like. <laughs> Congratulations. And this is the only bottle of it probably in existence now. <laughs> we're drinking it. <laughs> and we're drinking it. I like how it smells. I don't love how it tastes. It's it's sweet. I was hoping for dry. I um, thought it was dry, too, but... Which also explains the fermentation in the bottle and the dances on my tongue. This is fun, though. I want to pull a bottle shock and say dances like a lullaby at the tip of my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... That's pretty good. <laughs> That's actually pretty awesome for a, a, a surprise. Things that happen. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I'm surprised it didn't push that cork out. I don't know why it didn't either. I mean, there clearly wasn't that much pressure to it. Mm -hmm. But... Huh. I did not expect to like that. Surprise! That's sitting a little weird. That's what she said. <laughs> I also uh, did, speaking of sparkling wines, did get to try the uh, Patnat Malvasia from Eridus, and that was also really lovely. Nice. Uh, I really hope that uh, uh, it gets made again. Oh, Lisa, make another Patnat Malvasia, please. Make another batch. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she is. Oh, okay. if I remember correctly. And then one with a label on it that I can actually review and, and talk fun things about, as opposed to just drinking on my own and enjoying it, which actually, that makes it sound like it's terrible. Oh my god, I'm enjoying <laughs> this wine on my own. How dare I? <laughs> Welcome to my life. Uh, what Todd Bostock calls me a griever because I drink so much wine on my own. It's like, wine yes. is meant to be shared, not, not just like poured in consumed by yourself like a creep. Yes. I was there when he said that. That was the day before my birthday. And we both gave each other knowing looks. Yeah, it's like, shit, he's on to us. <laughs> you guys get a, like a, um, you get a letter on parchment with the, like this, um, you know, like the Dark Brotherhood has the handprint, like the bottom of a wine bottle, and it just says, I know. <laughs> Sounds about right. Apparently, there is a mod where you operate a winery in Skyrim, so of course I need to acquire that. That does sound pretty interesting. This is actually really fun. It's it's not my favorite, yeah. But for an accidental, unintentional secondary fermentation in a bottle, it's um, not terrible. It's not terrible at all. It's absolutely drinkable if you're into mildly sweet 
sparkling wines. And a sparkling amber wine is something that I think one exists from Italy. And I think it is actually a Malvasia. Because Brie was talking about it. If all goes well, I might make one next year, but we'll see. With what? We'll see. I, I don't know. But oh, it would be a fun on... experiment to try. You'll, you'll cross that bridge when you get to it. I'll burn that bridge before I cross it. <laughs> would you want to burn it after you cross it? That would make it easy. Yeah, where's the fun in that? <laughs> so what are you working on right now? Uh, I am currently getting all the power hooked up. Because everything we need, need is in place. We've got the processor set up, we've got the RAM, hard drive set up, I've got the operating system in my backpack. Um, so now it's all just hooking up power and getting started. This thing didn't come with a DVD CD ROM drive, did it? Uh, no. Oh, I don't really think you need one, though. I guess not. I mean. And the good thing is about cable management is that these cables actually come pre managed. <laughs> that is good. That's um, pretty sweet. Worst case scenario, I will just have to hook up, uh, or I'll just have to start bundling them with zip ties, which I am a certified zip tie mechanic. This is going to make it difficult, though, for if I want to install Mass Effect 3 because that's not on Steam. Um, best solution I got is they have USB DVD ROM readers. They do? Yeah. And actually, Mac makes the best one. Really? Irony. Right. The only thing Mac makes anything good of. Oh, okay. Well, that's something I don't need right away because both The Witcher and Skyrim and Saurian, we'll which is. Name. <laughs> are. Um, I'll just still have to hope that uh, on my laptop, the uh, group of Barbarorum doesn't crash again and again. I'm playing a really fun campaign as the Armenians, and I've managed to almost recreate uh, the Persian Empire with it. But I can't fight in many of the battles because it keeps crashing whenever I get past a certain point. And usually, right before I'm like entirely victorious, and it's just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Actually, um, I don't have much experience with grand strategy games. Um, closest I've ever gotten has been playing Hearts of Iron religiously. Hearts of Iron is fun, I, I've heard. I want to play Crusader Kings, and I acquired it on Steam, but uh, there's a definite steep learning curve to Paradox games that uh, I'm just not familiar with them yet. Incredibly steep. So I'm just like, I look at this and I'm just like, the hell is this? It took me a while to learn Hearts of Iron, but eventually I managed to avert World War II entirely. <laughs> what? <laughs> How? I managed to get the Germans to surrender. Basically before the war started. Like, who are you playing? Belgium. <laughs> what? <laughs> now I want French fries. They basically barged in. Like, the Germans basically barged in and went, What's up? This is mine now. And I was like, It's not, it's not yours. <laughs> it's mine. And I managed to successfully repel the German invasion and pretty much stop World War II dead in its tracks. Oh my goodness. So I imagine everyone is just like, I, what? <laughs> it's like, now we must beware of the, the, the first Belgian Reich. <laughs> <laughs> what, they're going to force waffles on everybody? Yes! It's waffles awesome. on chocolate. It's it's like, that sounds awesome. And french fries. Which Why? are Belgians, not French. This is true. I actually had a, um, a Belgian dude um, kick me out of a server on Payday 2 because I kept calling him French. 
<laughs> that was one of the funniest things I've done in a long time. Uh, he kept swearing at me, and um, eventually I got so fed up with him that he, he let out like this long string of curses, and I just went, buddy, all I'm hearing is ha-ha baguette. <laughs> He just lost it. <laughs> lost it even harder than he had already lost it. <laughs> it was absolutely worth getting a black mark on my player record. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. There are some things in life that are just worth it, and that was one of them. Oh, yeah. But anyway. No, it's, this is fun. It is fun. I, I don't really want any more of it. But I'm glad we opened it. You're glad it's a thing. And the the it, sad thing is this bottle has to be finished tonight. I don't see how that's sad. You got your work cut out for you, buddy. I know! The Malvasia can, can sit for a day or two. But, uh... That's not mine. That's mine. <laughs> yeah. And think about it. This is a wine that only we are ever going to taste. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because everything else... Uh, when that secondary fermentation started happening, and he said it was going into mallow, which I don't think it was that's not mallow. That's that was a secondary fermentation. That's primary. Yeah. So I guess when it was going into the secondary fermentation, he uncorked all the bottles and put it back in his tank and then let it do its thing and then rebottled it. So, man, he could have had an... Well, although he said some of the bottles were starting to pop tops. So. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not bottled in bottles that are rated for pressure, it's a bad, bad, bad thing to have it go through a fermentation bottle. Um, so this, it's a miracle this didn't explode or push the cork. <coughs> yeah, this is, this is fun and interesting and, and intriguing. So how's the uh, power supply coming, out of curiosity? Well, I'm getting ready to hook everything up, and just trying to piece together where everything is on this board. It varies from, from board to board, but I didn't this see it. to the PCIe, and I'm not entirely sure where it is. Yeah. Is that it down on the bottom? No, those are for USB. Okay, that's for the. Okay, that's for all the. Uh, I found where that one goes. This uh, bundle, though. There's a bundle of little tiny um, two prong. Oh, this one? No, uh, that's one. That's what I was holding. Uh, this one. Oh, well, that's three prongs. That's four prongs. There it is. Found what I was looking for. These run to those. Okay. I actually have to kind of wiggle them out a little bit. Now I can run them down. Yay. So we've got one try one more sip of this amber sparkling Chardonnay. It's a unusual fact that it just kind of happened. Yeah. Fermentation can be a cruel mistress. 
But that reminds me of one of my favorite quotes of the day bought by you about kombucha being the casual sex of the fermentation world. Whereas wine is a medieval bitch. Exactly. What does that make beer? Ooh, that's a good question. The drunken one night stand? No, that's whiskey. Whiskey is actually a lot of hard work, though. It is. Whereas kombucha, you just kind of let it go and forget about it, and then eventually you drink it. It's the easiest way to get drunk without an ID. <laughs> Probably the most disgusting way to get drunk without oh, an ID. Oh, absolutely. I, I have actually dealt if with somebody. You can drink enough of it to get drunk, that. Oh. Yeah, that happened to one of my friends. He got drunk off of kombucha. Oh my gosh. After enough of it. I was just like, dude, what the hell are you doing? That sounds like an awful idea. And I don't like being drunk to begin with. It's like, I've been there once. It sucked. <laughs> I don't plan on going back. Sometimes it's fun, but... It's something I try to avoid doing. I can get I can get buzzed just fine. I don't mind that. It's kind of hard to maneuver all these meal big sausage fingers. That's what she said. <laughs> Not salad fingers. So. That is a whole different. That is a whole different animal. <laughs> you know what we forgot to do with Malvasia? I was doing my weird funky fault detecting glass. Oh, you have, have you not seen that glass? I have no idea what you're talking about. This glass. Okay. What? You've never seen these? I have no idea what you're talking about. It looks like a tin of coffee. Or a Govino. But it's glass. So it's a special glass kind of designed for uh, detecting certain characteristics in wine, like the tertiary characteristics. Okay. Because of the shape of the glass. Each glass is handmade, blown by craftsmen, and authenticated by the signature on the base. Blown by craftsmen, that's what she said. <laughs> if they had said it was hand-blown by craftsmen or something like that, that's, then it a, that's actually not would have been better. better. It would have been certainly better. But hand blown by craftsmen, handmade, comma blown by craftsmen, and authenticated. It's just boy. <laughs> you really. I know what you mean, but phrasing! Almost certainly that's a direct translation for French, though. French. This is a bizarre glass. It's weird as fuck. <laughs> and again, so are we. Yes. I didn't say that was a bad thing. More? Or I'll pass for now. That was... I like that. <laughs> I think you found who you're going to have help you finish that bottle. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, where you could send it home with me or something as payment. I would not be opposed to that. Considering I have a mom who also likes wine, I don't know how she feels about white wine, but... Wow, but technically this is not a white wine. That's true. It's an amber chardonnay that was accidentally made sparkling. So, Gary, would you share with Take of the secrets of orange and amber wine since you have made one. Um, yeah, so basically you take a white wine, which 
normally you would strip off of the skins and press it and get it as, into as pure of a juice as you can right away. And then you've got a red wine, which you basically just throw it in the bucket and let it rot uh, with as much skin contact as you can get. The orange wines or amber wines are the happy little medium in, in between where you take white grapes and you throw them in a bucket and let them rot like you do a red wine and huh. let them have a ton of skin contact and that's what gets you that rich color and the tannins that kind of bind to the inside of your mouth and complexity and fun stuff. The fun bits. Yeah. If a rosé is a legitimate child between a white and a red, the orange wine is the bastard child between a white and a red. Yeah, that sounds about right. The odd bastard, bastard stepchild. Redheaded stepchild. Because I've noticed that, you know, talking to Bree and Aaron a couple of days ago, when they were up here for, well, they're up here always, but when I was actually able to, you know, hang out with them, because that's a very rare thing, you know, uh, Aaron was talking about how he doesn't really understand or can't really wrap his head around Ember ones because they're just kind of weird for him. I mean, yeah. I can see how they wouldn't be for everybody. We are at Passion making an orange peek pool this year. Because hmm. we ran out of tank space when the peek pool came in. <laughs> So Jason is like, well, we are making an amber wine with this now. All right, then. And you were just sitting there like, well, okay. <laughs> well, I wasn't down there, but ah. when I heard, I'm like, that was something I wanted to make. So you had it in the other glasses earlier, the small machine. Now try it in the funky glass. Uh, put the other finger in. unusual. Just like that. So what this kind of is supposed to do is to allow the more tertiary characteristics of a wine's nose uh, to prominence. Supposedly, and I think it kind of does. I think glass shape is more important for, for scent than taste, personally. Mm -hmm. I think we've demonstrated that quite yes. adequately. But at the same time, it's it not <laughs> necessary. But I'm tasting a lot less the alcohol with it. Alcohol is less of an upfront and more of an aftertaste with that. So what is left other than those last four plugs? The cables are really all that's left, and then we've got to hook it up and see what starts. Oh, okay. that'll be fun. Mostly I've got to figure out... That's when one of us goes, you should probably disconnect the power from... Yeah! <laughs> and then it bursts into flames, and then we all die. We don't want we'll the eyebrows or to be dead. <laughs> we'll go together when we go. My friend actually tried to start up a newly wired computer while the area was covered in dust. And I swear to God, he set off every smoke alarm in the zip code. And that's what counts. Yes. I just gotta figure out where the power to the hard drive comes from. That's my real trip up right now. Huh. 
Well, on that note, we should probably wrap this up. It has gotten kind of long. Yeah, most of my podcasts with Gary are like ten minutes. <laughs> if that. Bullshit. The most of ours are like an hour and a half. Well, I'm also men- thinking of the uh, ones we did where we were doing car repairs. Oh, yes. Those ones have been pretty short, historically. But anyway, we're going to finish wrapping up. Uh, finish wrapping up. Wow. Slow clap, everybody. Fixing to get ready to. <laughs> yes, we're fixing to get ready to. Um, so we are going to soon turn on the computer as once these last cords are and then we shall see what we will do and then install our OS and then uh... <laughs> but anyway until next time uh, this is the Wine Monk, Gary and Jacob signing Bye. off later That would be more what he said.